Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 34, A Bullet for Bullock and Trial. Hello, chums. Boy, we got a we got a hell of a lineup this time. This is a time. great lineup this week. Is this is this the best pairing of episodes we've gotten so far? I know occasionally we get two incredibly good ones, but uh, I'm just looking now. Maybe I think because like we've we've done better episodes than either of these two, mm-hmm. but like I don't know in a row. Like these are both eights or nines together. Yeah, which is you know fantastic. Yeah, like, no, these it's, are... it's always a treat because for the longest time it was it was shaken out where we'd get one like a bullet for bullock, and then we'd get I don't know. The Mad Hatter dresses up like the Scarecrow or something. <laughs> I thought that I might dress up as the Scarecrow this week. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to think of two of the lamer guys. I'll and use... Those guys are both fine, but, you know. <laughs> what if I used it to trick some girl? That sounds like the kind of crap I get up to. I mean, someone this week calls him out for that. Yeah, man. Which is good. Hey, you're kind of a creep, Mad Hatter. That. What? Me? No. We're not done kicking that guy, because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. He's got it coming, man. Yeah, man, he sucks. He sure does. That guy's a real piece of shit. You know who else is a piece of shit? Mm. Harvey Bullock. <gasps> it's true. Yes. I finally mastered the segue after 10, 12 years of podcasting. We did it. Drop the mission accomplished, Banner. <laughs> Look at Banner, Matt. <laughs> Why don't I tell you what happens in a bullet for bullet? All right. I know I have an episode to summarize, and I will get to that. But first, I need to address the fact that we're now apparently in the Adventures of Batman and Robin era. At least, that's the new opening sequence we're getting on these Blu-ray copies. I have mixed feelings about this. On the one hand, we have long since run out of jokes to make about these two guys blowing up the bank. On the other, what the hell has Robin done to earn second billing in this show? Absolutely nothing. If you wanted to add another name, I'd have gone with The Adventures of Batman and Alfred, or maybe The Adventures of Batman and Jim Gordon, or even The Adventures of Batman and Leslie Tompkins, that nice doctor he knows. I mean, Robin's not even in this one. Today's episode is actually The Adventures of Batman and Butt-Ugly Lout Who Likes to Offend Cape Crusaders, or Bullock for sure. (laughs) Yes, I know Crusaders doesn't start with a K. Turns out not a lot of words start with K. I looked it up. So, yeah, somebody has it out for big old fat Harv here, and as you as you might have guessed from the title, uh, he's hesitant to reach out to the GCPD on help for, for help on this, since, in his words, I step on a lot of toes. I'm going to choose to take that literally, that he just upset some people because he brought his size nines down on their precious little toesy-woesies, because contemplating the degree of corruption this character gets up to would probably ruin my enjoyment of this show. Batman agrees to help, and the two of them descend to Gotham's seedy underbelly to find someone who wants Harvey Bullock dead. Except the the city is all seedy underbelly, and everybody wants Harvey Bullock dead, so it's not as straightforward as you might expect. After some classic Batman throwing a guy off a roof action, it's off to an abandoned warehouse where people are making crack, which they actually say out loud in the episode several times. Fisticuffs ensue, another mobster with an aquatic nickname is apprehended. This one is Vinny the Shark. Maybe they'll give him a cell with Sid the Squid. And the day is not saved because someone is still gunning for Bullock. Turns out it was his landlord who wanted him gone because his rent-controlled apartment is worth a small fortune. 
which is definitely a thing children would understand. Also, though, uh, he hates him because he's a slob whose filthy habits bring roaches and rats to the building. And if this were a He-Man episode, we'd get an epilogue about how the real lesson is that you should keep your room clean. But this is not a He-Man episode, so you get crack houses and rent control, kids. Oh, and did I mention this is a Christmas episode? Hooray for Batman! Yeah, there's a lot of crack in this episode. <laughs> there is a lot of crack. They, there's a part where Bullock's like, yeah, after this, we gotta head down to Cracktown. I'm like, Cracktown? Oh, no, when... When um, uh, Batman says uh, this dude just got out of prison, he's probably coming for you. Oh, yeah, that crack dealer. Mm -hmm. So then he goes to Montoya and says, I got to go down to Cracktown. Wow. Take the bus down to Cracktown, eh, Montoya? (laughs) That's uh, when I slept through my stop one time. That's what happened. Wait, no, that happened to Lisa Simpson. (laughs) I'm always confusing us. I thought it was Crackton. That one's on me. And then at one point, uh, Batman says, yeah, they're manufacturing rock crystal there. Yep. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus. Like, I mean, that's that's great that they, they're not just saying drugs. We're always making fun of them for that. Oh, yeah. But, like, I did not expect know. to hear the word crack on uh, a fucking, no. like, early 90s children's show for children. Yep. Then again, crack was a big deal back then. It was the scariest drug. I mean, it still is to some extent. Mm-hmm. Because cocaine is dangerous, yep. but they made cocaine affordable, so, like, everyone can get fucked up on it. Yep. So, yeah, I thought yeah. it might be fun to get fucked up on cocaine over the weekend, Batman. But I can't afford it on my cop salary, so uh, crack it is. Now I'm real into crack. You like crack? I like crack. <laughs> I saw that Mary and Barry. <laughs> that, looks like, that looks like the life for me. <laughs> that guy was mayor. <laughs> Too bad about that bitch setting them up, though. Okay, nobody's going to get that. (laughs) That's for you people who grew up in the D.C. area in the 80s. So me. Um, But yeah, this one's hardcore. I mean, not only that, but there's no there's no sort of softening the idea that someone's trying to murder Harvey Bullock. Yeah, because he's an asshole cop who arrests a lot of people and beats the shit out of a lot of other people. I'm not saying it's not justified in some way, but I'm saying on a kid's show, Mm -hmm. usually they'll talk around it or say they have it out for me. And they did. They did use a lot of that kind of language. But they also, yeah, it'd be a real shame if I got murdered by all of the, uh, what do you call it? Ex-cons who got out of jail and want to kill me. Yeah. I mean, this might be the quintessential example of like our, uh, our whole mission statement. Yeah. Huh? The whole kids love Batman thing. This is exemplified perfectly in this episode. And I just... Because it's it's great. Oh, yeah. But it's also like, what kid would have enjoyed this? I can't imagine enjoying this when I was a kid. First of all, I wasn't a big Bullock fan because he didn't like Batman, and I did. Plus, you know, he's not a supervillain. I always thought of him as like the J. Jonah Jameson of Batman. I mean, he is. Get me some pictures of Batman. So I can, like, uh, get uh, powdered donut sugar all over. I don't know. I'll probably set him up and then throw dots at him or something. That sounds like something I'd do. Mm-hmm. The thing is, this is my good thing. Mm. This is the Harvey Bullock I'm here for. Yep. Like, he's still an asshole and a slob and not a very ethical cop, but he's also pretty good at his job. Like, we we deal a bit with his history. Like, he put away some pretty high-ranking drug dealers and, and drug manufacturers mm. and stuff. Like, um... And 
uh, not purely sympathetic, but definitely more than his usual pathetic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the real defining moment for me, this is, I'm reading way too much into this, but is when uh, he's nearly killed in the subway and drops his bag of donuts. Yep. Lazy writers would have said, ha ha fat guy and made him eat the disgusting floor donuts. But this, this version of Harvey, the one that I like Mm. gets mad because his donuts are ruined. It's, it's completely a throwaway moment, but that's the difference between sad joke and a kind of a relatable guy to me. Mm-hmm. Like a guy you wish you couldn't relate to. Oh, but, I don't like having know. anything in common with this guy. But you you probably, you know, on in a well-written Harvey Bullock episode every now and then you're like, oh, I feel like he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel like he does. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. They humanized him a little bit, but, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the plus side, I got to watch this episode and go. Well, my apartment's cleaner than that. Yeah, I mean, he's got roaches. Oh, that was so fucking disgusting. Which they, like, this is one of those very well animated ones, mm-hmm. too. You got, like, like at first, in the long shot, you just got some dots. I'm like, well, okay, that's probably roaches. And then you got a close-up, and they were, like, you could see the little antennae twitching. Oh. Like, Ooh, damn. Well, there's, like, Good a job, guys. There's a bit where it's like, hey, there's a guy in my apartment who pulled a gun on me. No, that's just a pile of roaches that formed into the into a guy with a gun that then ran away. You should probably clean. Is this how they got the the idea for that MTV movie Joe's Apartment? Oh my god, I haven't heard anyone talk about Joe's Apartment in about 20 years. It's, I mean, I haven't thought about it in probably that long, but uh, when I think about like roaches forming a human, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I think of. I'm glad I never saw that movie. It sounds horrible. Yeah, they just, I'm pretty sure MTV produced it because they advertised it all the time and I was watching a lot of MTV at that point because, like, Beavis and Butthead and The State were on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, no, I I like, like, I like hating this version of Bullock. He's not, like, just a fat joke. And I I love Batman pairing up with him, you know? Yes. Like, two guys who cannot stand each other. Like, we we know that, that Bullock fucking hates Batman, but Batman's just like, oh, this fucking guy. And he and he lays it out at the beginning because mm-hmm. he he actually brings Batman with the signal, and he's like Jim, no, it's me, the other what? one. What? What? He's like, yeah, I know, I hate you, but uh, I need some help. <laughs> and it's like, he's got a couple of moments where he let his lets his guard down mm-hmm. a little. He actually thanks Batman. Yeah, listen, uh, I still think he... you're a freak and ugly and everything, but uh, thanks for helping me save my life or whatever. Oh, he's already gone. Yeah, but he heard that. Batman's just like, I can't believe that guy called me a freak after <laughs> after I saved him. I mean, my house, like, I've never seen a roach before. <laughs> Alfred's if very were. good about spraying. Yes. But, like, I don't know. Again, I, I, I didn't exactly feel bad for him, but, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I felt more, like I said, slightly more sympathetic. I like, I like seeing his life, which is very sad. Yes. Yep. You know, well, he's alone. It's not like like, OK, he's not married. That's fine. Like putting aside the fact that he's disgusting, disgusting people can find love. Sure. But but he's also not good to women, mm-hmm. as we see in this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, you know, the life of a of a hardworking cop is lonely. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of these people have partners. Yeah. So like he, you know, he's he's kind of doomed to that. Mm-hmm. But uh just, He's got nothing going on. Yeah, man, just know? watching him go home to his shitty apartment where his landlord yells at him for having a shitty apartment. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is every day for this guy. There's a bit where uh, Montoya's at, like, it's it, the, the episode's set between Christmas and New Year's. 
There's a bit mm-hmm. where Montoya's like, so you got any plans for New Year's? And he's like, oh, same yeah. thing I did, did for Christmas, my laundry. That's actually one of those relatable moments yep. because people would always ask me what my plans were. And I don't have plans. I don't celebrate the holidays. Sure. So nothing. And she's like, where's your Christmas cheer? Like, oh, Montoya, I liked you. Don't be that guy. Hey, I was visited by three ghosts last night. And I told him <laughs> to fuck off. I mean, in this town, he might have been visited by three ghosts. <laughs> One of them was Gentleman Ghost. <laughs> yeah, it was Gentleman Ghost, the Spectre, and uh, let's see if Matt can name a third ghost from the DC Universe. Almost uh, certainly you can. You would think that, but uh, fuck, I can't There's actually. There's got to be more ghosts Oh, than there that. absolutely is. Well, technically, Space Ghost belongs to Warner Brothers. That's so. true. Yeah, I was visited by Gentleman Ghost. Uh, the Spectre and Space Ghost. And Tad Ghostal. He took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> at the Ghost Planet. There's a lot going on in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, speaking of Montoya, this is my quote. Mm. She she gets in a good dig at him uh, in that same scene. Bola, you okay? You don't look so good. I mean, you never look good. But today you look worse. Which made me laugh. You, I mean, you never look good. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just thinking of uh, Bullet getting lowered down to the uh, on the on the video camera from fucking uh, Space Ghost. Oh yeah, am I on the monitor now? Are Hello, you, citizen. Are you getting enough oxygen? No. Come to think of it, uh, what was your good thing? Uh the jazzy tunes this episode uses for a soundtrack are really good at uh, <laughs> capturing the film noir epi- thing that this episode is definitely going for. Oh yeah, he's got a he's got a real like like there's a lot of long shots of him walking in the city in his rumpled coat yeah. and his his beat up old hat mm-hmm. and like just a lot of real good noir stuff and I'm surprised you like the music cuz I did too. This yeah. is the second time in a row we've agreed on the music. Baffling, simply baffling. Uh they actually I I was reading uh one uh an Emmy like it's like a daytime Emmy sure. or like a a cartoon Emmy or some qualifier mm-hmm. but they won an award for the music. Oh nice. For this one. So no, it, re- it really sets the tone, which, like, I mean, this show nor- is pretty noir normally, but this is very much yeah. the uh, shitty detective in a shitty city doing yeah. shitty things. Yep. And, and also Batman we can't, is there. We can't see a lot of the shitty things. They c- we kind of have to read between the lines for some of that. Oh, yeah. Because they blew all their, like, uh, you know, real horror cred mm-hmm. on uh, talking about crack. Yeah. But, um... It's like, okay, you can show that Bullock has a rough life or you can mention crack three more times. <sighs> Gotta take that crack, I think. Yeah. But, like, uh, he says he can't go to internal affairs because mm-hmm. he stepped on a lot of toes. What, is, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, what does that mean exactly? I mean, I assume it means he's pissed off other people and, mm-hmm. like, grabbed their collars or whatever. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's worse than that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. You you seem to believe he beats up perps, which is certainly possible. I absolutely buy that. Like, yeah, but that's the kind of thing they're not showing us yeah. that you kind of have to read between the lines. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, that's not a bad assumption, but we we haven't seen it. Just so. that, like, ah, uh, oh, geez, the security camera got unplugged somehow. That's strange. I will say this: at the end of the episode, when they grab the mobster that they think is after mm. him, um, Batman thinks Bullock's going to shoot him. Yep. Like, he must have done something to give Batman reason to believe that. Yeah, geez, it'd be a real shame if this guy fell on a bullet or something. But the thing is, earlier, like I said in my summary, mm. Batman 
threw a guy off a rooftop, yeah. which is one of his go-to Batman moves. But Batman like, loves throwing guys off roofs. I know, but like, and it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. But like, he just went outside the law to rough a guy up. Uh-huh. And then he's like wagging his finger at Harvey for doing the same thing. It's different when I do it. I'm not a cop. Yeah, that, that don't it make worse. it better, actually. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna address that in the very next episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah hey, I guess mean, what? Like, That's bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, that feels. But I mean, it, in the context of this episode specifically, like mm. you definitely have to make a lot of sort of logical leaps when you deal with yeah. Batman. But like, in the context of this episode, he just feels like a huge hypocrite because mm. we get a uh, one of those great scenes of him roughing up a guy yeah. and then. And then yelling at Harvey for doing the same thing. It's like, dude, you could have Gwen Stacy that guy so easily. Oh yeah, because in the yeah in this particular version, he uh, pushed the guy off and then like uh, back grappled him back yeah. off. Yeah, that very easily could have mm. happened. Ooh, or he could have missed, or the the line could have snapped, or any number of things. All right, this looks bad for me. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be absolutely sure of your aim and that your tools are mm-hmm. are completely fail safe. I'm gonna have to frame Oof. Bullock for this. Uh, so what was your bad thing Uh, well I mean you mentioned this in the summary but uh, hey so fuck the new opening credits for this show Mm -hmm. Uh, we took one of the most perfect well known opening credit sequences something that shows you exactly what you need to know about Batman in what 30 seconds like a minute maybe 60 yeah yeah. take that and go "Mm, but what if Robin was here too for some reason I mean, I think that's a marketing to kids thing. That might have been a network thing. I just, like, I was a kid when the show was on, and I didn't know anyone who was like, oh boy, Robin. Yeah, I know. I've never understood that logic in my entire life. Like, I didn't get to like Robin until I was much older. Yeah, when people found ways to write Robin well. Yeah. Like, he also wasn't great in comics for a long time, as I recall. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just... Like, there was a reason nobody wanted Jason Todd, because he sucked. Yeah. But, you know, they've done good stuff with the character in the meantime yeah. but you know it's just it's like you guys nail like i i cannot spend enough time talking about how perfect that opening credit sequence is and this sucks you know it's like well, your average cartoon opening with just like clips from the episode there's there's um they're not using the Danny Elfman music anymore which nope. i think is important like i think it's good to distance themselves from that sure and because they have their own original theme that sounds very good. Mm-hmm. They don't need to lean on that thing from the movie, which is getting, you know, dated and also less like the show. Also, as, I think it meant they on. had to cut Danny Elfman a check for every episode. Too. I, probably. Dude's probably still getting paid for The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But uh, like, I, I do like that they're using the new like the newer theme. Yeah. But you're right. It's a montage. What they should have done is put together a new a new opening. Yeah, man. Make Robin look cool. Yeah. Instead, it's just him driving around his little motorcycle. Like, that's the coolest thing he ever did, which, thinking about it, it might be, actually. Yeah. Just riding around know. my motorcycle, Batman. I mean, riding a motorcycle makes anybody look cool. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. It's like smoking. I just I just watched um, uh, Purple Rain, mm-hmm. and uh, Prince, who is like uh, three apples high. Yep. Looks cool on a motorcycle. Doesn't look tough. But, but it looks, looks cool. cool. Yeah. On his purple motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's my purple motorcycle, Batman. Now I'm Prince. Not... <laughs> All right, sing Bat Dance then. 
And that's how we learned that Matt doesn't know what Prince sounds like. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I know what he sings like, but that's kind of it. He's got some spoken stuff in a couple of his songs. Mm. We're gathered here today. It's uh, something, a oh, thing called life. thing called life. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, your voice, but with helium. Fair enough. Uh, my bad thing. All right. It's possible this is because I've seen and actually remembered this episode, but it was super obvious to me who was after Bullock from the second the character appeared yep. on the screen. Uh, he's called Nivens, and he actually looks like the actor David Niven, and I don't know if that's intentional or not. Probably is. Um, it's a great ending, and maybe they weren't trying to make it a mystery at all, but look, I really like this one, and that's the best I could do. Yeah. No, I absolutely... The second he showed up, it's like... But I mean, like, that's just a rule for watching, like crime TV shows where it's just like, ah, first guy that shows up that you don't know is probably the guy who did it. Yeah, but then there's like, I don't know, like I never watched Columbo, but I've read like what makes the show great mm. is the audience knows who did it and the fun is watching him prove it. Yeah. Like you can you can subvert that. Mm -hmm. If you can't write a good mystery, that's fine. But yeah, it was it was very obvious. It's, it seemed very, yeah. As soon as he showed up, I'm like, well, that's probably the guy. I wouldn't want to fucking live with him either. Yeah. Um, that guy, by the way, is my, hey, it's that guy. Mm. Uh, he is the go-to uptight Weasley guy for most of the 80s and part of the 90s. Real-life convicted pedophile Jeffrey Jones. Oh. Yeah. It's unfortunate, because he was very good at a very specific kind of role, mm -hmm. but then he literally was convicted for pedophilia. That's so. the principal from, uh, uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller and the dad from Beetlejuice, yeah? yeah among many, many other yeah. things, yes. Those are, those are two of his very many well-known roles. Two of the things Matt knows them from. Um, he was in, uh, Mom and Dad Saved the World. Oh, God. You want to talk about stuff I haven't thought about in 30 years? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's one of the only times he got to play the lead. It was, mm. I don't remember who the mom in that was. Excellent question. I was about to say, um, Catherine O'Hara because I was thinking of Beetlejuice, but, uh. I doubt it's that. Yeah, no kidding. Let's see here. Well, now the show grinds to a halt as I look that up because <laughs> I, can't, I can't let this go. Terry Gar. Ah, yes. No relation. No. Way. Terry and Terry Gar. Not related. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I um, definitely a memorable voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, just don't think about what he's, you know, what we found out about him in the last 10, 15 years. Cause, yeah. It ruins a lot of movies I enjoyed. Well, two. I mean, like I said, he was very, uh, he, he was omnipresent in a lot of movies for a long time yep. there. He was also in Deadwood. Oh, God, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Hard to follow that up. Yeah. I did enjoy the character, though. Mm-hmm. Like, trying my best to put that put aside all of that. There, there's a there's a great bit at the very end where they find out that it's him and they're taking him away. And he's like, no jury in the world would convict me. And they drew him with these crazy eyes. Oh, yeah. They kind of broke the style a little bit. Like, they kind of went off model or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, it really worked. He just, he looked just absolutely nuts. It was great. When I love Batman's like, this is what happens to people who live with you. Jesus. Mm -hmm. You got enough problems. I'm going to go live in my giant house with, with a person who can be, like, a mile away from me and still be in the same house if he's sick of yep. me. <laughs> I, the the designs on... We get a bunch of different mob guys in this, too. And I like mm -hmm. the designs on basically all of them. They're all very unique looking. There's a bug-eyed dude who was clearly strung out on drugs mm -hmm. That um, uh, in a shootout with Bullock. Uh, he also wasn't wearing a shirt at one point. It looked like an episode of Cops. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like high on PCP, uh-huh. shirtless, running from the cops when he should just give up. Mm-hmm. Just, huh. All right. Uh, what, else? what else? That's about all I have, actually. I like uh, Batman accu- accusing Bullock of uh, being on the take. He goes, I never took a dime from nobody. That's the thing is I think in his way he's honest mm-hmm. and uh, I'm reluctant to say this, but a good cop. I mean, in that he solves crimes. Yes, I will agree with that. I Again, the fact that he put away mm-hmm. a lot of pretty important and dangerous people says he gets the job done. Yep. Like, okay, maybe uh, again, we have to read between the lines yeah. and maybe he does shitty things. Maybe he just pisses off actually corrupt cops and he's scared of them. I mean, that would be fine too. If that's the that case, I, if that's the case, you need to tell me that like, cause otherwise well, that's true. I'm just going to assume that he sucks and that ever, uh, that all other cops are good. Cause I was but, a kid when I watched this. You've definitely seen versions of Gordon who can only go to Batman because everyone else in the department hates him. Oh, yeah. That was the whole point of year one. Like, yeah. So, like, if if you just assume that about Bullock, then he's not so bad. Yeah. He's just he's just an asshole. <laughs> Which, OK, so is Batman. Uh-huh. All these guys are assholes. Batman's not exactly fun to be friends with. No, not know. so much. I don't know. This version of Jim, like, he's good. Dad. Yeah, he seems like a good dude. Like, the only glimpse of his personal life we have is his relationship with Barbara, which seems really nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, if he's an asshole to anybody else, but he's nice to his daughter, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's something. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, oh, uh, from the change in, in uh, the way she dresses, I'm pretty sure Montoya finally made detective. Mm, no, she's just wearing a coat. Uh, is that what that is? Because she wears it two two episodes in a row. Yeah, but she still, there was a, I thought that too, but then there was another bit that made it pretty clear she was still a, mm. a, a, a like a patrol, uniform patrol no. officer. Damn, I was feeling good I don't good know if she her. makes detective in this show, because I, I even took that note. Like, yeah. I might be confusing it with the comics. It's, like, that's entirely possible. But maybe maybe she does. I don't know. I know some things change when we jump into uh, the new Batman yeah. adventures, like because I, I think there's a time jump there. So maybe she's detective then. I guess mm. we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, that's everything I got. All right. Why don't you tell us about trial? What a trial. So there's a new district attorney in Gotham City, and she's not just another pretty half face. <laughs> Janet Van Dorn, fed up with the Commissioner Gordon's reliance on Batman to clean to clean up her, her city, demands Gordon stop working with him. Gordon reminds her that they live in Gotham City, where multiple nut jobs in top hats are the very least of their worries. And then Van Dorn is kid, kidnapped by said nut jobs. Batman follows a uh, ransom letter to the local courthouse and is quickly bamboozled by Poison Ivy and her new sidekick, an inanimate statue. (laughs) Batman has taken Arkham Asylum, where, get this, for only the sixth time ever, the inmates have taken over. This time due to some handy mind control by the Mad Hatter and his Mad Hats. Batman's various villains have united and are demanding Batman be put on trial for the crime of creating all of them. Van Dorn will act as Batman's defense... Two-Face will be the prosecution, the Joker will be the judge, and the Riddler will be whatever John Larroquette was on Night Court. Is he a lawyer? Feels like he was a lawyer. Anyway, Two-Face brings up various villains to discuss how Batman created them, and it, but it doesn't actually go very well for them. Batman stopped me from creeping on my co-workers, says Mad Hatter. So you wouldn't have done that if Batman weren't around, Van Dorn asks. No, Hatter replies, but it would have been way easier. 
Van Dorn finally makes the case that none of these idiots' lives would be any different if Batman weren't around. And she also realizes that Batman is good, actually. Something that I've known my entire life. Nice job, lady. Joker finds in favor of Batman. Well, they try to kill Batman anyway because they're jerks. Luckily, it's Batman, so he escapes. The GCPD arri arrive to arrest everyone, and the Joker retires from the bench. Yes, John Larroquette was a lawyer. He and uh, Marky Post were uh, the like the defense and the pro That's prosecution. That's what it was. They okay, were, they were always uh, arguing. I definitely watched a ton of Night Court because my dad really liked it, but I don't remember mm -hmm. anything about it. I remember very little. I remember John Aston occasionally showed up as uh, uh, Harry Nightcourt's dad. <laughs> it's good casting. And I think he was in uh, an insane asylum or mm. something because there, there was a there was a running punchline that I really liked, which is, "But I'm feeling much better now." <laughs> and Brent Spiner showed up at one point as like a, a crazy yokel. Oh fuck! I think I remember that one actually. Mm -hmm. And that's about all I remember. Yeah. Definitely and, watched and it, though. And when you spin uh, Homestall 1 was Buzzle, <laughs> it plays the theme from Night Court starring Richard Maul. <laughs> yes, Batman's own Richard Maul. Mm-hmm. Ah, this was another great one. I really like this one. Yeah. Uh, we don't get... A, we, we haven't gotten a ton of all the villains team-up episodes, and I always love them. No, we've gotten a few. We got one where three or four of them teamed up. We got, like, we get those passes through Arkham every now and then, but this one... Pretty much everyone, yeah, like in including like uh, the ventriloquist who just showed yeah, up. Yeah, I was like, actually I was ago. shocked to see the ventriloquist uh, was back this quickly, but yeah, I mean, I get it. He's such a good visual. Uh, they were all meant to have speaking roles. Apparently, the guy who plays normally plays the scarecrow mm. was having uh, throat surgery. Oh, it's a good reason so, not to do voice work, I suppose. But I noticed in your notes, you said it was kind of cool that he was like sort of creepy and not talking. So I think they made that work. Yeah, it, it works for, like for, for most of the episode. It's pretty noticeable because it's he's just always sort of hanging around and he never says anything. Yeah, but, he's got that like big grin. But that's yeah, it. but like there's a bit right at the end where uh, Batman and uh, Van Dorn are escaping and he's just standing there with a big scythe. It's like, oh, OK. Mm -hmm. See, I don't know. I kind of laughed at that moment because they're trying to escape and. In one direction is all the villains, and in the other in the other direction is that guy made of hay. This probably won't be too hard to beat the crap out of. It it, it was treated like two equally dangerous <laughs> options. You could you could knock Van Dorn, who is a lawyer, mm -hmm. not a not a uh, you know a, a practiced physical fighter. I think mm -hmm. could probably knock him down while you get away. I mean, Scarecrow's whisper thin. Like that's what I'm saying. He's made of hay, mm -hmm. but. You know, whatever. Watch but out! Yeah, it's, this... Watch out! It's a skinny ex-professor. Mm -hmm. Not as scary as an owl, but close. <laughs> well, what could be? I know. Uh, but uh, apart from him, everyone else had uh, speaking roles too, which mm -hmm. is great. It's great to hear yeah. all the um, all the guys. Like, uh, there's some great Harley moments, which oh yeah, I noticed were just there for flavor. Like, there's absolutely no reason for them other than. This is a great character that we like. I mean, it's very clear that Paul Dini loves writing for her. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there's like there's no story reason no to have the Joker's like right-hand hench lady mm -hmm. there other than this is an entertaining character and they remembered her relationship with Ivy which ah, was great. That was really good. This is actually my my good thing for this episode. Like mm -hmm. the, all the callbacks in this are really good. Like this is an episode that is very clearly informed by everything that's come before it. Oh yeah, and it re like it really shows, you know, like a lot of references to people's origins and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like we touch on 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 the Hatter and his deal. 
Mm-hmm. Ivy gets brought up in her and her history with uh, with Two Face and her stuff yep. with Harley. Harley gets yep. uh, an actual origin for the first time ever. Oh yeah, they hint at the story that we're going to get fully played out in uh, what is it, Mad Love? Yeah, yeah. Or they're just like, you cool. used to work here, and now you're crazy. That's true. Well, you don't have to be, but it helps. I got a coffee mug that says exactly that on it. <laughs> your Harley is just your uh, uh, Harvey Bullock, but pitched up a little bit. You're right about that. Oh, jeez, Batman. Oh, jeez, it'd be a real shame if something happened to you, Batman. <laughs> there were some good moments between her and the Joker, though. Oh, yeah. And... uh Van Dorn very wisely like shoves a wedge between them. Like, really? So you're loyal to the Joker? He's not loyal to you. He threw you to the wolves this time, this time, and this time. He did what? You son of a bitch! I'll kill you. And then in the next scene, she's like hanging on his arm with mm-hmm. hearts in her eyes again. Like, ooh, yep, that's accurate. I calm down. Can I come out now? That's just that's like. That's so sort of tragic and and easy to gloss over, but it's definitely part of her character. I mean, that's the character right there. I know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that dumb DC wiki said it was like a continuity. Uh Because, like, she was mad and then she wasn't. No, that happens a lot. That's how some people are like that. I love. She has lots of reasons to be mad at him, Mm -hmm. but never stays mad at him for very long. I love Croc carrying her out and just thinking to myself, that guy's going to get his ass beat. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Croc mentions hitting him with a rock again. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh wow, that joke again. It's huh? it's 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 done now. Like, yeah, all right, guys, I get it. That was very funny in that episode, mm-hmm. but we're done now. Well, especially after we just watched a really good Croc episode where he was like, where he tried to hit him with a rock. Where he, well, yes, where he tried to hit him with a rock, but where also he was like, you know, threatening and scary. Yeah, and now we're back no, to I... just dumb Croc. No, in this, I'm okay with that. Mm. Like. Because among all the other villains, he's the dumb muscle. That's sure. all he's got. On his own, he's you know he's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I love I love the bit. There, there's a part where uh, they're about to kill Batman, and he turns the lights out, or uh, Van Dorn turns the lights out, and they're all right. Scrambling. She's got a batarang. Yeah, so yeah. They're all scrambling to sort of to catch him, and Croc goes, uh, "There's no way he's getting past me," and sort of stands in front of the door. And Batman, oh no, he says, he, he says, "The only way out is through me." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then Batman kicks him in the face. Yeah, just knocks him on his ass and uh, great. gets out through him. <laughs> I love also like from like from that part too. I love like the episode turns into a horror movie where the where the the bad guys are the protagonists suddenly. Yep, they're all just in the dark, wor- like frightened of Batman. Well, it's that it's that moment from Watchmen, which Watchmen didn't invent this, no. but it's one of the most famous ones. Is you know, I'm not locked in here with you; you're locked in here with me. Don't let him escape. Who says I want to escape? Oh, no. Uh-huh. That, um, that doesn't sound great. Nope. Uh, my good thing, uh-huh. I was really worried they were setting up Janet Van Dorn to be this corrupt, wrong-headed bureaucrat who's Batman's enemy because mm-hmm. she's a bad person or being mind-controlled mm-hmm. or, you know, like... Often when they do this kind of story, it's like, oh, the person who wants to bring down Batman makes some very good points, mm-hmm. but oh, the, it's because the Mad Hatter made her say that or whatever. Yeah. But they didn't do that. No. She's, she's got a strong point of view mm-hmm. about Batman's methods, and she totally stepped up when it came time to defend him because they said, uh, we'll kill you both if you don't like earnestly defend him. Yeah. So she does a thing that any trained attorney or like uh, someone who's who's done like debate, mm-hmm. like like, you know. I don't know if there's professional debate, but, you know, like if you're in the debate club in college or whatever, like the 
just it doesn't like you can argue either side just as a as a purely rhetorical exercise sure. and uh, the arc of the episode was her learning why he was necessary mm-hmm. in this city full of goddamn nut bars <clears throat> and i like that she never backed down from saying like look we have the rule of law you can't just do what you want but she also said oh okay i i need to work toward the day where you're not you you are necessary right now uh-huh. but one day hopefully you won't be well i mean ideally someday gotham will have less murder clowns running around in it y- do you do you think that based on the trend we've seen so far i mean i've definitely seen batman beyond so no yeah, that's it what i, work I, I out know what happens great. in 50 years from now and it, there's there's more murder clowns because like like uh, punk kids decide that they're murder clowns mm-hmm. now so there's that yeah that checks out but i like it's it's one of the last lines of the episode where she says i'm gonna work toward a day where we don't need batman anymore and he said so am i i love and that like, so much that would have been my quote but i picked a different quote good. instead oh i'd like that last statement stricken from the record please record is someone supposed to be writing this down that's it's it's a very good moment and i like her and again i like that she's not just a straw man for like the like you know anti-batman mm-hmm. well they didn't make her another bullock or something yeah like she's she's got a very good point and she's never like that that point's never sort of like undermined mm-hmm. you know i like that a lot. it's like i mean you know she's right probably batman shouldn't be beating the crap out of you know regular criminals the well the metaphor she uses is batman is a drug mm-hmm. that this city has become addicted to like i like that a every, lot yeah, every time you guys think you can just go catch a criminal on your own, you ha- got to get a hit of Batman in your veins. <laughs> like, I had to think about it for a sec, but, like, that is very good mm-hmm. because Gordon has become positively dependent on Batman. He can't just go catch a criminal I mean, on his own anymore. That's the issue with Batman 66, basically. Uh, yeah, but, that, you know, that was played for laughs. Oh, jeez, chief. Oh, jeez, commissioner. Someone stole, someone stole a child's piggy bank. Well, Chief, we'd better do the one thing we can. Call Batman. God help us all if someday someone doesn't answer that phone. Yep. Oh, it's the Riddler, Commissioner. What is my name? Oh, I'm so baffled. Just drenched in sweat. It's signed the Riddler, but I that can't be right. Oh my god, this is the greatest <laughs> this is the greatest puzzler of our time. Better call Batman. Yeah. No, but it's she makes a good point. Mm-hmm. They are all addicted to Batman. Yep. I mean, as are we all. But I like I like the uh Poison Ivy, like they kind of explain why sometimes she goes to jail mm-hmm. and sometimes she goes to Arkham. It's like, well, we can't send you to jail because chain of evidence. You weren't yep. ev- like you, you weren't arrested by an actual officer, so you know. Well, it's like it's like, but you did escape from from Arkham, so I guess we'll send you back there. Well, she is criminally insane. There is that. Uh huh. So, but but this is really kind of your bad. I thing, mean, though. like this episode brings up like if Batman's like arresting these people and it doesn't count, like what's he accomplishing exactly? It like, might depend. Like that might be sort of a fine line technicality thing where he can hand them over mm-hmm. to the cops who then arrest them. This is the thi- this is like scratching at the at the, at the like at the scab yeah. that is all of superhero media. Basically, yeah. There's a there's a we've talked about this a lot. There's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You kind of have to not think about it too too logically. Yeah. Which is that like you know 
if someone leaves a leaves a dude tied up in a web outside of police headquarters with a sign that says from your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man on it, like what exactly do you book that guy with? Well, I mean, presumably evidence of a crime has been provided. Hopefully, Spider-Man. Well, probably not in that case cuz Spider-Man's an idiot. A well-meaning idiot, oh, smart yeah. in a lot of ways, but an idiot. Good kid, dumb as a sack of rocks. I mean, you know, he's got a, he's got like, uh, he's he's getting a PhD, right? Like he's going to grad school. Yeah, for like the eighth time. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, he's not dumb in the things he's not dumb about. But oh, look, when it comes to crime fighting, he's real stupid. Excellent scientist, but uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Not real sure how crime works. No. I mean, he sees something bad happen and he stops sure. it, but that, that, that's not how the law works, man. What, why are we arresting this guy? He tried to kill people with octopus arms. Okay, all that's... I'm seeing here is a guy with some octopus arms, which is not a crime, trust me. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, like, again, it might just be like, I mean, Batman 66, of all things, mm-hmm. got around it by saying he's deputized. Yep. Like, Officer they Batman. Didn't... They didn't need they didn't need to bother. Nope. Like nobody cared on that show and they still came up with a reason. I mean it's basically the thing is like if you don't want me to ask the question, don't bring it up. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just assumed it was like again, like a technicality. Mm. Like if Batman's going after someone the cops already know is guilty and hands them over to the cops who then arrest them because this is a wanted person. Yeah. That's okay. But if Batman catches them doing the crime and arrests them with no evidence, then that's different, mm-hmm. you know? So I think uh, I think he needs to work more closely with Jim to make sure, like, all of that is yeah. okay. But I, I don't know. I also don't care that much. I mean, yeah, basically. But the, the gist of it is she's new at the job and she doesn't like the way things are being run here. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. The character's still good. Like, I really like her. Also, apparently, not the first time we've seen this character. No, apparently she was in um, the first uh, Batgirl episode. Yeah, it's uh, she's voiced by someone different now, mm-hmm. but uh, but same character. Actually, uh, she's voiced by Stephanie Zimbalist, who is the daughter of the guy who plays Alfred, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. That's cool. So, that is cool. But uh, she's, you know, she's new at the role. Someone else did it before mm-hmm. and replaced her, so. Come to work that with me be- today, Stephanie. You can be a district attorney. <laughs> Didn't they already cast Two Face? No, a different one. This is a different one. You're not allowed. He can't be the actual district attorney anymore. Are you actually mm-hmm. British? I don't know. <laughs> they um, there was definitely a moment where Harvey's like, like sizing her up, and I think mm. resents her for taking his old gig. <laughs> I might have just been reading into that, but that was my. That was my assumption. <laughs> I got, I got, I, I'm going to admit I got real into the whole evil gangster thing, but uh, if I could go back. Yeah. Look, you're, you're leading my best life right now. <laughs> Boy, Bruce Wayne sure does take a lot of interest in whoever is district attorney, doesn't he? Well, I kind of liked she was hitting the anti-Batman thing hard mm-hmm. and then doodly doodly doodly. She's having lunch with that handsome Bruce Wayne uh-huh. who's like. Hey, maybe you're being a little hard on Batman. Like, he he sized it up and he's like, okay, coming at her as Batman, obviously not going to do anything. Sure. She's just going to fucking arrest me. Okay, I know what I can do. She's a pretty lady. I'm a handsome dude. I can charm her. I'll get to her that way. Slide. And then she, she leaves the table before fucking uh, 
appetizers are served, so that didn't work either. I, lo- I love it. It's just like, well, I mean, I guess I can just go do Batman stuff. Hey, there's the there's the signal, I guess. You know, whatever. <laughs> just leave my note here. Had to go do Bruce Wayne stuff. <laughs> Oops, almost wrote Batman stuff. I wish our both our names didn't start with a B. Oh, this is really embarrassing for me. Batman. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Wayne. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Bobby? <laughs> My bad thing. So the villains are able to capture Batman by putting a hat on a statue and tricking him into thinking it was a person. <laughs> I expect more from the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. I was at least hoping the statue would, like, turn into Clayface or something, but nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clayface nowhere to be found in this one now that you mentioned mm-hmm. that. Like, everybody else was there. <laughs> We didn't want to bring him. He's gross. Oh, wait. No, they kind of implied that he died. Oh, that's right. Remember, he got washed out to, to the ocean. Yeah, that's right. Okay, fair enough. I don't think he actually did. I think he pops up like... I I'm pretty sure Clayface comes back at least one more time, but I couldn't tell you specifically when. I am I think he might come back in Batman Beyond, but I I don't know. Anyway, like we're, we're meant to think he's gone. Yeah. Though. So that's why he wasn't that's there, fun. probably. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, but also, he is better. gross. We don't like him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Croc is pretty gross, too. But, you know, he does whatever we say. You're only allowed one gross guy. Whack! Shut up. You didn't come either. Everybody turn the lights off and pretend you're not home. <laughs> also, it was the only... What well, was the only the Arkham guys and uh, the Penguins in jail? Well, yeah, he goes to jail because he's not crazy. No. He's just Just stupid. a weird-looking dude. Just stupid. Mm-hmm. Poor stupid penguin. Yep. Um, I love just between that and like like that episode where he gets out of jail and he thinks all the criminals are going to be waiting for him. I love uh-huh. the idea that the penguin thinks he's popular with these guys oh, and he of isn't. He does. Yep. We well, hate we hate Oswald, but he always picks up the chick. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. He's very broke. He always goes into debt to do it. Oh, geez, look at that. Forgot my wallet again. Mm-hmm. I'll get you next time, Ozzy. What about those big sacks with dollar signs you're carrying? Those are fake. See, because I'm the Joker. It's a joke. It's, a, it's joke money, you see. I got this from a Monopoly board. Uh-huh. You got <laughs> this rich Uncle Pennybags or what? I'm going to have Harley paint them all. It's a living. Is it? It's... No, he pays me in, ma- in this money. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he pays me in macaroni for some reason. Yes. No, I was going to say um, uh, Monopoly money, but then I glanced at my notes and saw Madison Haddison, and I almost said Madison money. <laughs> yeah, from the from Mad Hatter's new board game. Yes, of course. Uh, candy hat. <laughs> Um, I liked, um, uh, Janet calling him out for his, like, creepiness. Oh, that was fantastic. Like, just like you said in your summary. Mm -hmm. So, you started out stalking some poor woman. Did that have anything to do with Batman? Well, no. All right, then. He, he definitely stopped me from kidnapping and brainwashing her. (laughs) I see. Well, um... No further questions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Joker's like, even I know that's gross. Well, yeah, I like that she makes a good enough case to, like, 
actually have him declared not guilty, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it doesn't matter. It, of course it doesn't matter, but I do like that. And I, I love that. Well, I guess we're all responsible for our own stupid problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're going with the Joker is some version of the, you know, the Tim Burton movie mm. Joker, then Batman's a little responsible. I mean, like, but yeah, if they were going to do that, they need to have the Joker bring it up. Yeah. It's this guy's fault I fell in some chemicals. Well, yeah, but you were robbing a bank or whatever, depending on what your origin is for this show. Yeah. Shut up. Also, your name already was Jack Napier. Uh-huh. What did you think was going to happen? Uh-huh. Still only knew that when you pointed mm-hmm. it out for the first time on this very show. Yep. Saw that movie, you know, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. My Jack and Napiers. Uh-huh. I do like when they do declare them not guilty. Mm. And she's like, oh, good. They're going to let us go. And then the Joker says, kill him anyway. And she gasps. Like, really? I didn't see this coming at all. Really? <laughs> you rose all the way up to district attorney. You've dealt with criminals, probably the criminally insane before, and you're surprised by this. I would love, she's just like talking to Batman and just like, so I'm new in town. What's the deal with this Joker guy? He seemed cool. Mm-hmm. No. I think he was, I think he was flirting with me. You think he's into me? No. No. Okay, first of all, he's not cool. Mm-hmm. Secondly, see above, not cool. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> um... That's about all I got. What yeah, me you? too. I mean, these are both great, but uh... yes, and and great in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. Like we got one with zero supervillains and just a very grounded in reality one. Yep, and then a bunch of colorful, just like crazy ass uh, supervillain mm-hmm. stuff. Like a little bit of everything this week. Uh, Good sampler. Yeah, I love Joker's uh, Parson costume. Oh yes, when he's uh, when they're gonna execute mm-hmm. Batman, and he comes in as like a like the Irish priest. He yeah, has exactly. the Irish accent and everything. <laughs> it's very good. And he's reading an, an issue of the old DC Jerry Lewis comic, which <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's a pull. Uh huh. It sure was. They made they made that one for a long time. Yeah, like that ran for like a hundred issues or something. It was so weird too. Cause, like if you haven't seen this. Like it would have just like this cart this cartoon character of Jerry Lewis and then like fucking Superman would show up or whatever. Yep. It was weird when they did that. There was a like oh what the hell was it? Ugh. Who's that golf guy from The Simpsons that's a stand up comedian? Uh that golf guy? Oh fuck. I don't know. Oh, this is gonna bug me now. Some you old ass about- old ass comedian. Bob Hope. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The way you perceive things that happened before you were born mm-hmm. always fascinate me. <laughs> that golf guy. Eddie, yeah, a golf club. He was on The Simpsons. I don't know him from anything I'm... else. All right. I thought you might have been talking about Johnny Carson. No, I know Johnny Carson. You'd think I'd know Bob Hope. I don't. Yeah. How? How? Well, he weirdly looks like uh, or- or- Orson Welles. No, he doesn't. Like a young Orson Welles. Well, maybe. I guess he's got the nose and the chin. Mm-hmm. Might be the same hair. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Let's so that's how my head works. Well, all right. I just saw a clip of Orson Welles today interviewing uh, Andy Kaufman. Oh, it God. Great. It was very good. He didn't fall for Like, Andy Kaufman never gave interviewers anything. Oh, no. They would ask him questions and he'd just give, like, one-word answers mm-hmm. and clam up. And Orson, like, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, bothered by that. I'll draw you out, young man. You just wait. 
Tell me more about this character Latka you've invented. That's actually what the clip was. Oh, my God. He was talking about how he liked him on Taxi. He's very good. Nothing I enjoy quite as much as sitting down and watching an episode of Taxi with you and Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Probably. Wait, no. Tony Danza's in there, too, isn't he? Yep. Playing a guy that, named Tony. That was a good show. It was one of those sitcoms that would hit you with, like, just profound sadness for mm-hmm. no reason out of nowhere. That was, was another one I good. used to watch with my dad that I don't remember anything about now. We watched, uh, Amanda and I watched some of it uh, not too long ago, and it holds up. There's a bit where Danny DeVito's character, Louie, mm. um, it's like a fantasy episode where they get, like, their, you know, their their greatest desires or whatever. Sure. And, like, he's crazy rich and gets to do whatever he wants. And his fantasy is to fire Lassie. <laughs> it's the best thing. Jesus Christ. It's so good. You lassie, hero dog, yeah, you're fired. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go direct Matilda. Mm-hmm. Go hang out with my wife, Rhea Perlman, who is also very, very short. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That's everything I got. All right. Very good week. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, What do we got next week? Next Couple, week, we have good, got... At least one good one. Oh, yeah. Avatar... And House and Garden. I assume House and Garden is a Poison Ivy episode. Quite possibly. Avatar is not the uh, the James Cameron movie. I Thank God. With the flying mountains that you love so well. Uh-huh. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I need to double check, but I believe our pal Irish Gav will be joining us. For oh, excellent. Which it's been a while. So looking forward to that. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. If you want to write to us, it is Kids Love Batman Podcast at Gmail. If you want to see our website, uh, it is kidslovebatman.com. We are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt, and we will be back next week. Yeah. See you, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.